Boston today is a wealthy city, an innovation and educational lodestone where the majority of the population is made up of minorities. Providence is a center for arts and food, a city of fine colleges and preserved history. It's also a majority-minority city. The last two mayors have been Latino. You would never know that from the run of pop culture about these two ancient New England ports, the two closest state capitals in America. Since the Friends of Eddie Coyle in 1973, Boston's been home to countless movies and books about the city's florid underside. In the Friends film, guns were bought illegally in, where else, Rhode Island. Mystic River, The Departed, and The Fighter all depict a gritty city of Irish Catholic neighborhoods, a melange of dark taverns, triple-deckers, priests, and parochialism, all wrapped in the region's fingernails-on-the-chalkboard accent. Providence has hosted similar worship at the Mafia altar. Jeffrey Wolf's novel Providence kicked this off back in the 1980s. Then came the movie Federal Hill in the 1990s. Since there have been a passel of books, including Down City, The Heist, Dr. Broad, and the podcast hit Crime Town. Now the Buddy Cianci play, The Prince of Providence, is packing the house at Trinity. And more organized crime lore is in the works. Retired Rhode Island State Police Superintendent Brendan Doherty says he's writing a book about his years as a mob chaser. These criminal cultural magnets bask in a world of ethnic neighborhoods where outsiders are eyed suspiciously. Kinship trumps law. Old-world blue-collar ways are celebrated. The existential threats come not from lawbreakers, but from a new generation of white-collar professionals. The yuppies are coming, complains a cop in Mystic River. Truth was, by the mid-1970s, Boston's white ethnics feared blacks more than anybody else. It was a bastion of racism egged on by such divisive politicians as Louise Day Hicks and Pixie Palladino. Mayor Kevin White would characterize Boston's busing crisis as the city's nervous breakdown. There are no people of color in most of these films. The lone exception is Patriot's Day, which has Red Sox slugger David Ortiz delivering an expletive-laced defense of Boston. These works are suffused by demented male violence. Cianci torturing his ex-wife's lover or Bulger savagely beating rivals. The women characters are the one-dimensional mothers, lovers, and enablers. Rhode Island is seen as a place so provincial you can leave for 20 years, return, and walk right back into the same conversation. Often that was, what's Buddy up to? When he was mayor, Cianci turned the Public Works Department into a hiring hall for mobbed-up thugs. Their names were Buckles, Blackjack, and Cha-Cha. Manhole covers were stolen and melted for scrap metal. Buddy entertained voters. He boasted of attending any event, including the opening of a garage door. His nightly liquid tours of saloons were grist for more antics, such as the evening at the Capitol Grill when he flashed a Hitler salute at a statehouse leader he was feuding with. But the smallest state's biggest celebrity ran City Hall as a pay-to-play favor factory. Financially, he ran Providence on the edge of a precipice. His legacy, a pension system drowning in red ink that could push the city he claimed to love into bankruptcy. So long as there is money to be made, this mob infatuation will rock on. Yet maybe it's time for a more accurate 21st century view of things. Underworld Irish Boston and Italian Providence have been waning for decades. The state now books those sports wagers that once sent the mobbed up to jail. Instead of longing for Tony Soprano, it seems New Englanders need a collective session with his shrink, Dr. Jennifer Melfi, the Lorraine Bracco character. 
As a Tufts grad, she knows the territory.